Hello and welcome to episode 40 of Finding My Voice. This is a bonus episode as I am currently on a vacation and I will be for uh, another week. So this episode and next episode will be quick bonus episodes that I pre-recorded. Well, isn't every recording a pre-recording? Oh, never mind. Okay, anyway, so what I'm doing today, as promised last time, I am going to read the character backstory of um, Sophie Day. Uh, I need some content warning, trigger warning, because there are dark thoughts, uh, suicidal thoughts in this backstory. This is one of my more problematic characters. And that's all for today's episode. It's going to be a quickie. Next episode's going to be a quickie too, as I will record that straight after this one. Woohoo! Giving you some uh, behind-the-stage magic, right? Right, here we go. Uh, this story, I don't know if you need to give titles to backstories, but what follows now is called The Storm. My name was Valia. Me and my little sister Sophilde grew up in the little fishing village known as Thiring. You probably never heard of it. My mother made and repaired fishnets for a living. Not the most glamorous of professions, but she never ran out of business. No father was ever in the picture. Mother said he died in a fishing accident before I was two years old and uh, never spoke any further on the subject. I guess he must have been an elf or something like it. It's the only reason I can think of why mine and Sophilda's ears would be pointy and mother's ears round. She died of some disease when I was 14 years old. I don't know which one specifically, but a lot of coughing was involved. We quickly got tired of repairing fishnets and started traveling around nearby towns and villages, doing odd jobs and stealing when the opportunity arose. Sophilde, it turned out, had a hell of a singing voice, which we used to our advantage. She would sing and attract attention, and I would pick every pocket clean. This was a good gig. Uh, we just had to keep moving so people wouldn't start accusing us with their losses. Eventually, we moved up to simple cons. Such as one of us pretending to be sick, while the other desperately begged for coin to use to pay for medicine. This was a great gig. It lasted for three years before someone caught on to us. Siegfried, a blonde boy one year older than me, recognized us as we tried the same con again one town over, but instead of reporting us, he asked to join us. With a smile like his, how could we say no? With a bigger troop, we could start working on better and more complex cons, which were a little bit more work, but with much greater gain, and eventually we could afford our own little cottage just outside of Thiring, which became our base of operations. This, of course, meant we never conned anyone at home. When our funds started running out, we'd always take trips to fatten our coin purses with lucrative con jobs in nearby towns. Oh yeah, did I mention that Siegfried and I were now an item? Sophilda still shared our home, of course. We were still a team and a family. And eventually we could even have some work done and add a room or two to our cottage. I had grown very fond of Siegfried. Apart from being handsome and skilled, he was very attentive to my needs and often asked me ridiculous but sweet questions that would spark conversations lasting the entire night. I remember meeting his sister, Hilde, who ran an inn in a neighboring town. She was very happy to meet me. She thought that him settling down with a woman meant that he was taking charge in his life instead of going around conning people. I let her believe that. She seemed so happy. She asked if she could mention me in a letter to her big brother, Aurelian, who was a retired veteran, and they had not met for years. 
I could see this meant a lot to Siegfried. He seemed to be missing his brother. As we started working on more and more complex cons, not because we needed to, it had become a game for us at that point, I started noticing that my additions to our plans were more and more often dismissed. Sure, Sophie had always been the smarter one of us, but I felt a little hurt that not even my good ideas, and I knew I had some, were given consideration. Whenever Sophie declared a new idea, however, Siegfried would be all ears. This went on for months, and I was getting more and more frustrated, like I wasn't getting the respect I deserved. About this time, a caravan of traveling merchants stopped by Thuring. Yes, it was tempting, but we had our rule, no thefts or cons at home. The goods were exotic though, and since we had never traveled more than a week or so away, these kinds of visits were always interesting. An older man who introduced himself as Geralt Varan was peddling crystals and lucky charms. I knew it was unwise, but as the great salesman he was, he gave me the impression of being a good listener and I couldn't help but speak of my frustrations to him. He showed me a blue crystal, which he said could help me get more respect. I asked him how and if it was dangerous, and he laughed, ensuring me that it wasn't that big of a deal. It merely encouraged the wearer to find and strengthen their inner power. I touched it, and I felt an intoxicating tingle. I assumed there was some magic there. I asked if it would grant me powers, and he shrugged while stroking his beard, admitting he wasn't sure. But it wasn't at all impossible that minor magical artifacts these days could have some hidden benefits if held by someone gifted. It wasn't cheap, but I purchased it anyway. Anything to help me show Secret and Sophilde that I deserved more respect. I spent a few days testing the crystal, and I do believe that it made me feel stronger when I held it. But I mostly kept it hidden. One day, I decided I would give it a chance to prove itself by bringing it to a nearby town and trying out some solo schemes. I announced that I would be back the next day and off I went. I hadn't gotten very far before I changed my mind. The whole point was to earn the respect of my fiancé and my sister. Going off on my own made no sense. We should work together. And if I gave off a more powerful presence, they would sense it. I turned around and walked back home. And nothing would ever be the same again. I caught Sophilde in Siegfried's arms. I had been so stupid. Of course this had been going on for months. This had nothing to do with my contribution to our cons. This was all about their affair. I was furious. We argued. I can't even remember what I said. I just remember I wanted to hurt them. Hurt them bad. Then all hell broke loose. And in one second it was over. My left hand, the one holding the crystal, burned with a blue light and shot out what looked like a lightning bolt that seemed to circle around until it covered the whole room, until it reached its target, which was my other hand. The thunderclap was ear-shattering, but couldn't hold a candle to the immense burning pain that covered my body. I felt myself hurled backwards, and I hit the wall hard. I stared right ahead, paralyzed. The light had been blinding, but once I could see again, the cottage was on fire, and every inch of my body was covered in burns, and there was not a single strand of hair left. 
on the other side of the room were my sister and my fiancé, their bodies burned beyond recognition. I couldn't even tell which of them was Sophilde and which was Siegfried. I was unable to think. The shock and pain overloaded my mind. I started hearing voices and realized the village must have heard the thunderclap as well as seen the flames. I hurried and staggered to the edge of the forest, managing to get out of sight before anyone reached our home. I walked all night, the pain, the fear, and the despair blending together into a bizarre hellscape of emotions, and I could not think a single coherent thought until I reached a river where I stopped to watch the sunrise. The pain was still beyond describable, but I was beginning to comprehend what had happened. I saw no path forward. I let myself fall into the river, certain it would bring my body to the sea. That is not, however, quite what happened. My mind still lingered in a strange, blurry limbo for days, and I wondered if this is what the afterlife was going to be like. Eventually, I managed to get my bearings and realized I was in a small hut, where an old druid had been nursing me back to health. She had been giving me herbal extracts to numb my pain, which is what had made my days all blur together. She introduced herself simply as Earth, which, even in my current state, I felt was a bit on the nose for a druid. When she asked for my name, I locked up. I couldn't tell her. I guess I was still worried someone was hunting me, blaming me for what happened. In a spur of the moment, I told her my name was Sophilde. Yes, Sophilde was my name now, not hers. Let Valia be the one lying dead in a burnt cabin. Let the world give up on me. Earth was skilled at her job, though, and even if it took a couple of months, I was eventually up and walking. My hair started growing back and my skin mostly healed, at least the burns anyway. I still had a big scar on the entire right side of my body, a black lightning pattern going from my hand up my arm, covered the right side of my torso, my right leg, and half my face. I noticed that the crystal had fused with me. It stuck out of the back of my left hand like a permanent reminder what I had done. What I was. Sometimes I tried to convince myself that it wasn't my fault. That the crystal had just exploded and I was just a victim, just like my sister in secret. I just wanted a bit more confidence, and that greedy old man put a dangerous curse in my hand for just a little bit of coin. Sure, I took money from people, but I didn't leave them with death and despair. I managed to comfort myself with those thoughts. Thoughts of Garolf being the murderer and I was completely innocent, but I knew that was a lie. Garolf probably hadn't even known how powerful the crystal was. If he had, he would have charged more for it. I was not innocent. I remember wanting to hurt my sister and Siegfried, and then they died. I eventually landed in the honest defeat that I was the murderer, and he was at most just an accomplice. While Earth was skilled at healing my body, she had no power over the wound that was my mind. Still, she had done a lot for me. I decided to humor her, thank her for the help, 
and for the new chance at life before I wander to the coastal cliffs to end my life and do it properly this time. I walked through the rain, and as I reached the edge of the cliff, the sky above the ocean was ablaze with thunder and lightning. As I stared the storm, I got angry. I think I blamed it for that day in the cabin. I screamed at the storm, cursed it with every fiber of my being, and it, it, it hurt me. It's difficult to explain, but I could feel the storm noticing me, as if welcoming me home, as if I was part of it. I felt it. I held out my hand, and I felt the wind against it, and I willed the wind to change direction. I stared at my hand incredulously for what felt like minutes. My gaze rose back to the sky, and I reached my hand up high and screamed, and lightning struck from my hand. It didn't strike me. I struck the sky. I was the source of the lightning. I stared at both my hands again, lifted them, and again shot a lightning right up at the sky. My feet lifted from the ground, and I was hovering several feet above it at the edge of the cliff. The sky now filling up with more lightning, not from me this time. It was all around me, as if the storm itself was welcoming me into its fold. The storm was me. I was the storm. I hung there in the air, and I felt home. I felt strong. Eventually, I landed softly on the ground, and something occurred to me. This was power, immense power, and it had a purpose. I was the storm. A storm named Sophilde. My thoughts went to Geralt, the asshole who had sold a fatally dangerous artifact to a foolish and desperate girl with no thoughts of the consequences. He had not killed my sister and Siegfried, that honor was all mine, but he started the storm that killed them. I was the storm, and I needed to end. But not yet. I was not quite done. The storm started with Geralt. And as such, it should end with Geralt. I'd show no mercy, because what storm ever does? I turned around and walked away from the cliff's edge. I had work to do. And that was my character, Sophilde. As you know now, her name wasn't Sophilde to begin with. That was the name of her sister. Ooh, this is so cool. I like the story. It's a very dark... It's my one of my darkest characters. And she's troublesome, but she's really deep. I like her. So, I uh, while recording this, I realized I'm going to have to take one week off because I don't have time to write next week's episode. Uh, but it's summer. You know, go out, have a swim, or lie in the sun, or if you live somewhere cold, then stay indoors and have a cocoa. I don't know. Um... Uh, I wish you all a happy summer, and I will, uh, I will be back in two weeks, and I have more 
trans-related things to say and hopefully a lot more role-playing things to say. And until then, I love you always. Thank you for listening. Goodbye.